Exodus chapter number 16 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Verse number 5, And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel, Even when then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then shall ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we, your murmurings, are not against us, but against the Lord. That's all we'll read for sake of time. We'll preach throughout the text. But again, I want to preach on that thought tonight. What to do uh, when you find yourself in the wilderness of sin. We read it there in verse number 1. The Bible said they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin. Please pray with me. Pray for me uh, here tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you. God, for the good spirit of God that we already feel here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we're in a place that there is liberty to both worship and pray and praise your name. But Lord, uh, most importantly, thank you for a place that there's liberty to preach. God, you said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we know that you're here tonight. So God, we pray, Lord, that you'll walk in and out of every pew. I pray tonight, God, that you'll speak to every heart. Lord, some need uh, one thing and others need another thing. Lord, I don't know the needs of, of the people here tonight, but you do. And I pray, dear God, Lord, that you would speak to every need and speak to every heart. I pray, God, Lord, if there be a sinner here lost, I pray... God, that they would get saved before it's everlasting too late. God, I pray that the prodigals would come home. Lord, the cold and the indifferent and the stony hearts, Lord, would soften and God be on fire for you. Lord, I pray that you'll have a uh, have your perfect will in this place. God, do that work in everybody's heart that only you can. Empty me of myself and fill me with the Holy Ghost. And for what you do in this place, I'll be the first to thank you and praise your lovely name. For it is in Jesus' name that we ask and pray and all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen and Amen. You may be seated here tonight. Briefly, I want to take you backwards and go over a few things. And as a way of reminder, I want to remind you that once again, it is here in our text where we find the, 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 the children of Israel and we find their leader, the man of God, Moses. They are on their way from Egypt to Canaan's fair land. Now, we know, we both know and agree that Thank the Lord they're no longer in Egypt, but my friend, they are 
in the wilderness between Egypt, which is a type and a picture of the world. How many of y'all remember being in the world before you got saved? How many of y'all remember being in that bondage like the children of Israel were? They were in bondage and captivity. They were slaves to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. The Bible said for over 400 years, one place, it says they were in captivity and bondage for 400 years. And another place, it says they were in captivity and bondage in Egypt for 430 years. So either way, we know it's been a long time coming at my friend that God would rise up a man and send a man forth to deliver them up from captivity and bondage to Pharaoh and the far country we are calling uh, Egypt tonight. May I say tonight, I'm glad that the Lord is still in the business of pulling men and women from bondage and sin and bringing them out of their lost state, bringing them out from the rule and reign of the devil, bringing them out of the world and placing them and putting them in the family of God. Now y'all like to help me a little bit tonight. Is there anybody happy that God sent somebody your way to deliver you, to lead you out of bondage? You say, preacher, I wasn't in bondage. I didn't drink, smoke, cuss, chew, steal, fight, or feud. I, I was a good man before I got saved. I was a good woman before I got saved. According to the Word of God, the Bible said, There is none that doeth good, no, not one. I want you to understand something tonight. You may have never done any of those things, but before you were saved, according to the Word of God, the Bible said you were a servant of sin or a slave to sin. The Bible said that you You've got one of two masters tonight. Before you were saved, your Lord, your master was the devil. Not in that you bowed down and maybe worshipped him, but he was the Lord over your life. How many of y'all's got friends tonight and family tonight? My friend, that the devil is in control of their life. There's people that mean the world to us. They're in bondage. There's people tonight that's going to stick a needle in their arm and they don't really want to. They started out... Uh, it was it was enticing, but now uh, they know they're killing themselves, but they do it anyways. What is that? Well, they're a slave to sin. How many of y'all know the old timers had it right? That sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will always cost you more than you're ever going to have to pay. I'm telling you tonight, there's a real thing uh, called bondage and captivity uh, in the world as we know it and it's sin and Satan that has people bound and so we find that God sends a preacher may I remind you tonight the Bible still says that uh, how shall they call upon him who they've never heard and uh, how shall they hear without a preacher Uh, maybe it wasn't preaching going on when you got saved uh, but you better listen to me now close tonight help me tonight Uh, had it not been for preaching of the word of God somewhere down through the years of your life you could have never came up to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ hey glory to God ain't you glad last Wednesday night we found out that God is still in the saving business we found out that God still open eyes of sinners who are lost and on their way to hell can I say good people go to hell help me tonight 
Uh, bad people go to hell. You don't go to hell for being bad. Uh, you go to hell for being lost. Uh, you go to hell for rejecting Jesus uh, and the Christ uh, and the cross that he died on. Uh, uh, my friend, but the day that you finally see yourself uh, entangled in the yoke and the bondage of sin and the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus uh, shines brightly unto you. Um, Y'all's got a day where the light came on uh, and you've seen Calvary different than you'd ever seen it before. Uh, you've seen the blood different than you'd ever seen it before. Uh, all of a sudden that blood uh, and that cross and the, and the Lord uh, meant something personal to you uh, uh, because you've seen it was your sin. I need some help. It was our sin uh, that put him on Calvary's cross. Uh, uh, but thank God we've been set free and let out of bondage tonight. Amen. Amen. But despite being rescued from Egypt, if you will, Egypt's a type of the So despite God rescuing us out of the world or out of Egypt, how many of y'all know we ain't made it to Canaan yet? Would you agree with me that the wilderness of sin is where we're all at tonight? May I say this, when I walk out of these four walls, this old world ain't my home, friend. Yeah, man, you can't go through Walmart and feel good. Hello, you can't can't get in line at Walmart and feel unspotted by the world. Everywhere we look, the Bible, or excuse me, everywhere we look, the world, uh, my friend, has uh, the devil has painted a picture on every sign and uh, posted an article in every magazine and he's taken over our world. We're living in some dark days. Uh, we're living in deep, dark, demonic, depressing days. Uh, uh, but I came to tell you tonight there's still hope. Uh, even in the wilderness of sin, God uh, still has a few men that's willing uh, uh, to go and face the world head on. And tell a lost and dying world there's still a path, hallelujah. There's still a path that leads to Canaan's land. There's still a road that you can travel and get out of this old world. Hey, I'm headed to Canaan's land one of these days. The, the, the wilderness of sin. And I say tonight, it is here in Exodus chapter 16 that the, the children of Israel are once again right in the middle of their pursuit of Canaan. We know the story. We've read the Bible over and over and over. It seems to me like they have the same issues. The Bible said in chapter number 14 uh, that, that, that Moses goes and leads them out of Egypt and he leads them to the, what we call the standstill. He leads them to, the Bible said, a place where they set up camp between Migdal and the Red Sea. They weren't too far from Egypt. And right on their heels was Pharaoh and the children of Israel. But God put them at a standstill. In front of them was nothing but the water. To the left, to the right, was nothing but the wilderness. And behind them was the world. And the only way, the only path they really knew was the one that took them back to Egypt. Help me somebody. I'm here to tell you tonight, 
at your old flesh. If you're not careful, it'll try every way in the world to turn. Listen to me. It'll try every way in the world to turn you around up from the path that you know. You know good and well we've got to press through the water because we've got a God that'll part the Red Sea. He'll lead us over on dry land. But we're living in a day and hour where people are turning and they're walking back towards Egypt. Listen, Egypt's always offered the same thing. Dictatorship, slavery, bondage. There's nothing good for any of us in Egypt. You go back to Egypt, you're going you're gonna to die in Egypt. They're murmuring, Brother Jeff, and complaining. Chapter 14, chapter 15, and now chapter 16. And they're blaming Moses for everything. They're murmuring against Moses. And they make this statement over and over and over and over and over again. Would have been better off to die in Egypt. Now, I need y'all to hear me tonight. We're in this wilderness and we're in pursuit of Canaan's fair land. And 100 out of 100 times, you're much better to die in the wilderness trying to get to Canaan than you are to turn around and die in the world. Listen, I don't want to die like the world dies. Pharaoh and the Egyptians were swarmed in that Red Sea. I cannot tell you tonight that God has a peaceful crossing for his children. Psalm 23 said, David said uh, uh, that he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, he said, now fear no evil. Listen, thank God for saving grace. Thank God for living grace. But glory to God for dying grace. Now here's how you can mess it up. Uh, if any of those children of Israel on their journey uh, said, we're not going to follow this preacher. We're not going to go the rest of the distance. It's easier if we turn around and go back. Can I say when they turned around and went back, they were met by Pharaoh, a picture of the devil. They were met by the Egyptians, uh, a picture of the devil's army in the world. And my friend, ain't none of them come out alive in that Red Sea. So you can die the death that God has planned for you, a peaceful death, a restful, holy, gracious death. Or you can die in the Red Sea with the world and die tragically like they do. Now people don't preach like that no more, but that's a fact. There's saints of God tonight that are in heaven that died in a way that God did not intend for them to die because they turned around and tried to go back to Egypt. I could tell you story after story after story of people that I know personally that's had family members that would not heed the warning, that would not heed the call. And my friend, they turned around. Listen, they turned around in the middle of their journey. Hey, listen, I know it looks dark and dim. Listen now, if you think that that walking Brother Jeff through the Red Sea was everybody was high-fiving and and singing and dancing, you're crazy. They never sang, the Bible said, they never sang or danced until they got on the other side. Can you imagine as far as you can see on the left and the right, walls of water listen to me sometimes uh, when we're serving God we look to the left and the right and boy it looks like we're surrounded it don't look like we're going to make it out of the other side Uh, but my friend you've done come too far you've trusted him too long Uh, you know too much Uh, don't turn around now Uh, keep following the man of God keep following the will of God you'll come out on dry land on the other side but if you turn around and you head back towards Egypt You'll die in the Red Sea. I'm telling you, don't turn around in your pursuit of Canaan's fair land. 400 years, they just walked straight out of bondage after 400 years. And we find that as soon as they come out of the Red Sea, they end up in a place called Mara. 
This was the place of stagnancy. Mara means bitter waters. The Bible said they could not drink from the waters of Mara for they were all bitter, stagnant, stale, deadly, poisonous. But the Bible said they began to murmur against Moses, not to him, against him. They began to murmur against Moses, said, listen here, friend, when we was in Egypt, we didn't have to worry about this. We had all kinds of stuff to drink. And uh, they began to murmur against him and said, we'd have been better off to die in the world. What did Moses do? Did Moses argue with him, defend himself? No. You know what Moses done? He fell on his face uh, and he cried unto the Lord, one of the best parts of the whole series to me. The Bible said in chapter 15, uh, and the Lord showed him a tree. That my friend, God showed Moses Moses a tree and he said that tree when it's hewn down and it falls into those bitter waters uh, it'll make the bitter water sweet I came to tell you uh, my friend I understand there's some of you listen to me there's some of you in bitter places tonight uh, but my soul if you allow God and the cross of Calvary uh, to get down where you are it'll make the bitter water sweet uh, and you can drink uh, and survive uh, and you can escape the place of and God led them to a place of Elam, which means strong trees. Strong trees. Now all this is review. God leads them to a place of strong trees. The Bible said they there they were surrounded and encamped. Uh, the Bible said by uh, with three score and ten palm trees. They and I preached on those palm trees. That's our strength and the root system of the palm tree. And God led them out of stagnancy and led them to a place of strength. But then right after they just enjoyed two major miracles, where do they end up again? In the wilderness of sin. Now stay with me tonight. Can I say that uh, instead of looking back and remembering that it was God that had been the provider for them, once again in the wilderness of sin, they begin to murmur and complain against Moses and this time Aaron. Can I say tonight that they honestly believe this will be the end of their journey. How many of y'all's ever found yourself? God brought you through the Red Sea. God made the bitter waters of Mara sweet. God led you out of the place of stagnancy to the place of strength. But then when another issue occurs and the, another wilderness shows up, that you get right back desperate and thinking, I can't make it through this. Hello, we're real quick to point our finger at the children of Israel, but we're guilty. Right. Is anybody going to help me tonight? We're guilty. God's brought you through time after time after time and time again. But instead of looking back, we, we, we used to sing a song. We need to start singing it again. That I've been through enough to know He'll be enough for me. Instead of looking back to move forward, all they can see in front of them is this barren, dry wilderness where there is no bread. And they've done already lost faith in God that's delivered them time and time again. They're in the wilderness of sin. Can I say that's exactly what sin does? Yeah. Brother Caleb, when sin enters into our lives, you know what it does? It makes us forget about the blessings and focus on the lack of bread. 80-20. Y'all know what that is, don't you? I've been preaching it for several years. The devil wants you to have 80-20 vision. He wants you to forget about the 80% that you don't have and he wants you to focus on the 20%. Yep. Or excuse me. He wants you to forget about the 80% that you do have. And wants you to focus on the 20% that you don't have. Right. 
Adam and Eve, prime example. He started off that way. They had everything, Brother Sean. They had everything on the planet. Adam was in charge of it all. Except for one thing. What the devil put in their heart. Chase after the one thing. Forget about everything else. Can I say that's what the wilderness of sin does? If you're not careful, you'll start looking on the things that you don't well in Egypt we had in Egypt we had bread and we, we boy we stuffed ourselves full in Egypt we had water in Egypt we had this in Egypt we had that and here we are we're supposed to be living for God and it feels like we're about to die it feels like we're not going to make it that's exactly what sin does it'll shift your focus off the blessings of God and it'll put it on the small things that by the way God's going to provide your needs it may not be in your time but he will meet everything Every need that you have. The Bible said that David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging. What do they they need right here? They need bread. What do you need on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday? You know, this book is the bread of life. We need bread from heaven. What's going to help you in the wilderness of sin? What's going to sustain you in the wilderness of sin? What's what's the plan of survival in the wilderness of sin? It's the bread of life. So I wanna I wanna get to it tonight. I'm not gonna re-preach every bit of this. I'm gonna skip some things, just get to my points. So what do we do when we are wandering in the wilderness of sin? First of all, tonight, when you find yourself in the wilderness of sin, number one, I want to say you must let go of the world. First thing you got to do in this wilderness of sin, this place where you're surrounded by drought per se, this place where you're surrounded by sin and you're surrounded by wilderness, what do you do? Look at verse number 2 of chapter number 16. The Bible said the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and the children of Israel said unto them, would to God, I wish to God, what they're saying, would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord that means the wrath of God we would have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger now that is an absurd statement why would God take time out of eternity to send a stuttering preacher to deliver the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh, walk them out of 430 years of bondage, set their feet on the wilderness in pursuit of Canaan's land just to take them two, three, uh, two, three miles down the road and kill them. That ain't God's will. That wasn't God's plan. And really, deep down on the inside, they had to know it wasn't because he done delivered them time and time and time again. But here all of a sudden, look where their mind goes. It goes back to Egypt. How are you going to survive? How are you going to make it? What do you do in the wilderness of sin? Number one, you've got to let go of this world. Amen. Can I say their focus, Brother Caleb, is still in Egypt. They were in bondage. Amen. Y'all are acting like Presbyterians. They were in bondage. Amen. We're not at mass, glory to God. You know what that means, don't you? Oh, my head hurts. My belly hurts. I can't find my cigarettes. That's what that means. Hey, hey, 
Listen to me. Their focus is still in Egypt. Despite the bondage. Let, let me, let's just be honest tonight. How many of y'all unapologetically thank the Lord would raise your hand tonight and say that God saved my soul. At some point, God saved your soul and delivered you from the bondage of this world. Is anybody happy to say that? Okay, put them down. Now, we're going to see who's liars tonight. How many of y'all would say, despite God saving my soul, pulling me from bondage, there's been times that I've thought about going back. Now look around. That's all of us. This don't make a lick of sense, does it, Brother Caleb? Moses has just let them out. They're out of the hand and thumb of the rule and reign of Pharaoh. They're no longer servants and slaves. They're no longer entangled with the yoke of bondage. And now all of a sudden, all they want to do is talk about Egypt. Guilty. Guilty. Why? Because we got two natures. The, the, the Bible said that the, 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 that the, that the spirit, that, that the flesh, how's it go? I can't think of it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Can I say tonight, why in the world would they want to go back into bondage and slavery and imprisonment? Listen, this is why. Hear me tonight. Why do you have thoughts of getting back out in the world? Here it is. You got a carnal mind. Oh, I got scripture. Romans chapter number 8, verse number 7. Listen, because the, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, right. neither can, uh, neither indeed can be. Listen to me. If you are thinking worldly thoughts, you will not, cannot, it's impossible to submit and subject yourself to the bread of life and the word of God. And when you're not in this book, your mind is carnal. You want to know why people don't read their Bible? Oh, it ain't because they don't have time. I've heard that for... We got time. We got time to watch our favorite shows every day. We, we, we got time to get on YouTube and we got time to game. We're living in the game. We're living in the gamer society. You got time to game. Hello. I'm going to tell you what I find time to do. I find time to play the guitar. I like playing it. I want to get better. Amen. I mean, I want to burn the strings off that thing. Probably never will, but I'm trying. Y'all with me? I find time. My wife tell you, it's a rare occasion that a guitar is not in my hands every day. Very rare occasion. I find time, not as much time as I'd like to this year, I find time to go fishing. I like fishing. I would tell you what everybody here knows about me. I find time to eat. I'm three foot tall and six foot wide, glory to God, because I find time to eat. 16 rolls of apple butter will lay it on you. Gained seven pounds on vacation. Seven pounds, but I've lost it. Ain't that good? I was wanting to pat on the back right there. I've lost my seven pounds that I gained. Why? Because I find time to do things I like. You've got time. It ain't, time's not the issue. You want to know the issue? Desire. Priorities. I, I just don't have time to read 30 minutes a day. All you have to do is cut out one episode of your favorite show. 
Well, I'm 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 stepping on toes tonight, ain't I? All you got to do is cut out. All you got to do, you say, you you mean we ought to spend an hour? You you telling me that you can't give God one out of twenty four hours in a day? I wonder. Even in a good church, we just had church, ain't we? We could go home and say, "Boy, we had church." We're, we're not we're not in a funny church. We're not in a we're not in a worldly church. This is real church. The lights are still on. Help me right there. We ain't got a rock band up here entertaining everybody. And glory to God, this is for my benefit and heavens. I ain't got skinny jeans on. Y'all with me, ain't you? You don't want to see me in skinny jeans. I look like a busted can of biscuits, baby. I'm telling you, we're in a real church. We've had real church tonight. But I wonder how many people spent at least one hour a day this week with God. I wonder how much better our church would be. Now, I think you all spend more than an hour. But I'm just going to start with an hour. 30 minutes of Bible reading. 30 minutes of prayer. I ain't got time for that. If you don't have an hour for God because you're busy, you're too busy. You're too busy. Something needs to something needs to be taken out of your life. Why is that important? Because if you don't grab a hold of God, you're not going to let go of the world. That's why you struggle in your flesh. That's why it's hard to come to church. That's why it's hard to be faithful. That's why you don't want to pray. You don't want to read. You can't have joy when you come to church because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Why is their mind always going back to Egypt? Because that's where their affections are. Now think about this, Brother Seth. Their affections are still in Egypt despite God parting the Red Sea. Has God, stay with me. Has God ever parted the ocean for anybody here? Let me ask you like this. Physically, has God ever parted the waters and let you walk through the ocean? Any of y'all ever seen anything like that? Okay, what about this? Has God ever let a tree fall down in an old muddy swamp pond and you go down there and it's the sweetest water you've ever drank? I dare say in these two things, Deacon... They've seen God do something and you've never seen Him do. And their affection is still in. Hello. I watched God save me and my family and call my, uh, call my first cousin to preach and he's healed me of cancer and he's touched me. That's great. That's wonderful. But how many of y'all would just be honest tonight and say those things slip our mind too much? you got to let go of the world. The Bible said in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Is everybody listening tonight? Yes, For all, listen, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What's in the world? For all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it is not of the Father, it is of the world. If you love this world and the things that are in this world, what's in the world? The lust of the flesh. Listen tonight. Now listen. We may not get through it all tonight. That'll be okay. Listen to me. 
They could give me just a little bit on this. I ain't gonna get through it, I didn't tell. How many of y'all, you don't have to raise your hand or nothing. Just in your mind, yes or no. How many of y'all really struggle with the desires and the lust in your flesh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That ain't, all, that ain't always a man looking on a woman to lust or a woman looking on a man to lust. Your flesh has many desires and lust. Now, we are living in a generation that has to, to battle sexual lust and yep. sexual desires that even some of our mammals and pepals didn't know anything about. Right. We're fighting devils that they didn't have to fight. Right. Listen, help me right here. Mammal and pepal never seen drag queens on the news. Right. You with me? Yes. We, we, they, they weren't fighting some of them battles like we're fighting. But there's other lusts in our flesh, brother, brother, brother Shelby. And if we're not careful, if we still got a hold on this world, right away, you can't. The court of the word of God, you cannot serve both God and man. You can't do it. So I came to tell you tonight. You say, "Well, I'm, I think me and God. I've heard this. This stuff really bothers me. Me and God got we got our own thing going. Love God." It's not biblical. Right. I've knocked on doors. But my name's Pastor John Strickland. I, I passed down here for that church. Would you like to come to church? No, I've got a church. Well, amen, brother. Where do you go? I go down there at such and such. Amen. Uh, what, 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 what's going on down there? Is the Lord blessing? I ain't like them about a year or two. I'm a member down there. I said, well, don't you think as a saved child of God, it's important to be faithful to your local church? I mean, Lord, we got our own thing. No, you are fulfilling the lust of your flesh. Here's one, but your flesh, here's the lust of the flesh. You ready? Bang, 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 bang on Sunday morning. Yeah. Why is Sunday the hardest day to get out of bed? Because your flesh don't want to come to church. Right. Why is your attention span so small at church? Good. You can sit down and watch Titanic, a four-hour movie, and hold on to every word and cry and sob. Right. My wife. That's what she does. <laughs> and when she gets on the bow of that ship, Amy stands up in the living room. <laughs> I get behind her and hold her. <laughs> we live the moment. Huh. And when it's over after four hours, we can hit replay. We do it all over again. Oh. Why? That's something that her flesh likes. Right. I can sit in the tree stand. Oh. No pain. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I do it because I've done it last year. Oh, I was chasing the deer. Particular deer and end up getting that joker. Glory to God. But there were days, this is the truth. Yeah. I went in at daylight. I sat in that, in that hard, cold yeah. metal seat, no oh. patty, till dark. Yeah. With two cans of Viney wings, yeah. a honey bun, and two or three bottles of water. And never complained to me. Amen. Watch deer and squirrels and rabbits and coyotes and turkeys and 
just all day. Why? I didn't even think about getting up. Right? Didn't think about going home. I didn't think about going out and getting something to eat. And the hard as that is the way. Why? Because I had my affection set on that bug that's hanging on my wall right to the now. <laughs> I can walk you over there hand in hand in the Shekinah glory of God that follow us all the way and say, that's the one I sat there all day for and I got it. Yeah. Because that's what I like to do. Right. But you let a church service go over an hour and a half. People lose their blessed mind. You're right. I can't believe that preacher get up there and preach like that for a solid hour. Bless your heart. Uh -huh. Amen. Here's my thing. If people's willing to get up, brush your teeth, you ought to brush your teeth. Amen. I know we're in Kentucky, but you're supposed to do that. Comb your hair. Take a shower. Yeah. Wash your crack. Help me somebody. Yeah. Put you on some clothes. Get your vehicle. Put gasoline in it. Drive all the way to church. You tell me you did all of that just to get out? Right. When I hop my car and head to the rock field, I don't go down there and leave half time. Right. I don't want to leave half time because there's another part. I don't want to miss it. Right. Boy, it's just, just a blessing. Yes. I'm talking about the wilderness of sin and the cares of this world, and we've got such a hold on the things of the world that Egypt is on our mind more than Canaan is. You're right, man. That's why when every time something happened they didn't necessarily like, first place they wanted to go was Egypt. Right. We'd have been better off down in Egypt. No, you wouldn't. You're not listening to me, teenagers. You are not better off dying out there in that world. No, no, no. And you're looking at a preacher that's going to take every Sunday, every Wednesday, and every day in between to try to convince you to go the right way because I know what Egypt brings. Amen. Sorrow, Satan, slavery, sin, scars. There's adults in here tonight. Got scars in them Amen. and on them as a product of the world of Egypt and sin. Don't listen. One of the biggest tactics that I've seen the devil uses. Listen to me, right here, kids, teenagers. Listen to me. One of the biggest tactics that the devil uses to keep you in bondage in Egypt. Because he wants to bring up to you. If you if you leave Egypt and follow and do what that preacher says and start on your journey to heaven, you get saved, you're going to you're going to lose, you're going to miss out on some things. Right? He tries to make Egypt look better than Canaan, but it's not. Right. Well, if you if you if you get out of Egypt, Egyptian bondage, man and Pharaoh, you get saved. You, you ain't gonna be able to fool around and sleep around. And Come on, you're preacher. not gonna be able to drink beer and smoke pot. You're not gonna be able to go to the parties after the football game. Right. You're not gonna be able to be popular. You're not gonna be able to do this. And you're not gonna be able to do that. How do you know? I was one of you. Yeah. I was one of you. I know how it talks. 
saved a seven-year-old boy. Me and my whole family from age 14 to 18. My life got out of church. Unfortunately, I started living like I was a citizen of Egypt. Right. Yeah. I wasn't. But God let me so angry from Egypt. Yep. Now listen to me. You're looking at a 29-year-old man that's still reaping yep. from the seeds I sowed in Egypt today. Some of them, I hate to say it, some of those seeds were sown in my life at age 15. And I'm reaping. Yeah. 15 years old. My heart breaks. That is four years older than my daughter. Yeah. That blows my mind. I was only four years older. Five, but you're going to be eleven in, in a month. Four years older than my daughter right there. She'll be 11 in October when the devil came by for the first time and enticed me. And I fell for it and sowed that first seed. Yep. 15. I'm not writing on seed. I'm just telling you the truth. Right. 15. Hello. And guess what? This Friday, I'm going to read yep. some of the seeds I sowed at 15. And next Friday, and Friday after that, and every other week, I read. Yeah. Every other week, I read. Sorry, it gets so personal. She ain't never had to exchange children. It's heartbreaking. That ain't God's fault. Right. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You with me? Yes, sir. I'll have to come for every single night of knowing everything that's going on in her life. It ain't her fault. And God's been good to us, as you say. All our life, Madison Hope, He's been faithful. Oh, yes. Yeah. All of our life, He's been so, so good. As long as I'm living, as long as you're living with every breath that we're able, we're going to sing the goodness of God. Amen. But it's still rips my heart out and it puts her in place for her heart breaks too. Yeah. On both ends. She didn't do that. Right. I did. At some of age. Hold you, baby. Come here. This was me. Can you imagine? Right here. The devil. He knew my raisin. He had lost my soul. So he thought, well, I can't get his soul, but I can get his life. And that's true. You can be saved. And 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 the Bible talks about the destruction of the flesh. And if you don't live for God, that he can give the devil the rule and reign over your life. Your soul will be saved by fire, but your life will be ruined by the devil. 15-year-old young man, Mr. Neva, you want to throw both hands on That he's in church tonight. Right, man. Yeah. yeah. And he's living for God. Yeah. And he's sneaking off the girls. And if you ever saw it, I'm telling you, bust your tail. Amen. You hear me? Because you're going to reap. Just like me, not triple. Yeah. 
This was me, 15 years old. Now look at me now, by the grace of God. The kids, example, y'all. Hunter, best thing you ever did Wednesday night was come and fall on your face and ask Jesus to say, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Amen. But Hunter and Miss Sarah, listen to me. The devil wants y'all's life. Right. Yeah. Mom and Daddy, you agree with that, wouldn't you? He wants, he wants your children. Yeah. Matter of fact, he wants y'all. Right. He wants your lives. He wants my mama's life. Yeah. Raised us in church her whole life, and I was the one trying to persuade her to stay in the fight the other day. Yeah. He don't quit just because we get older, folks. Right. Some instances he turns the heat up. Yeah. Yeah. What you do right now, brother Evan, is going to determine what you reap in your life. Right. I ain't gonna get no further than this tonight, and I hate that. I was really wanting to. And I think it's a good point to get hung up on let go of the world. Amen. You be still, baby. Let go of the world, brother Isaac. We gotta let go of the bottom. Sister Amy. Brother Deacon, Miss Michelle, Miss Lauren, Erica, Madison, and Taylor Griffith, Jasmine Trailer with an R. I said Taylor for about a year. It's Trailer. Know what he wants for each of you? Yeah. He wants Egypt to have a grip on you. Right. And he wants you to stay in bondage to Egypt. Yeah. Because you know what sin brings forth, don't you? Yeah. For the wages of sin is always. That will never change. Yeah. Lily, let go of this world. Yeah. There's some things out there that look good. Help me somebody. Right. The devil's very good. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Most preachers would say, well, ain't nothing out in that world that, play, that is advertising me. That line, there's some things out there in that world that I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yes, sir. But it ain't worth it. Yeah. You hear me, buddy? Don't let nobody detour you. Man! Because one day it's going to be you that stands before God, not you and so and so. Yeah, right. It'll be you. Amen. Wesley, one day it's going to be you. Right, amen. And ye, one day it's going to be you. And God wants to see how unspotted we were by the world. Yep. You know what we do tonight? As far as I'm going, that's all God's going to let me say. Let go of the world. Let go of sin. Quit pleasing yourself. Right. I said this the last time I preached, and I'm done. We don't have a sin problem. We have a self problem. We love ourselves. And because we love ourselves, in turn, it leads to a sin problem. But in reality, we have a self problem. Right. Y'all still remember what the whole of Satanism is, don't you? People that worship the devil, so to speak. Y'all know what their doctrine is. It's not do what the devil says. Here's what it says. In big italicized letters in the Satanic headquarters, on uh, Anton LeVay, who's remembered his name. Anton LeVay is the founder, brother, of Satanism. 
You know what's over their satanic upside down cross? Do what thou wilt. The devil don't want you to do what he says. He just wants you to do what you want to do. Right. Because if you do what you want to do, then your flesh is going to be wrong every single time. How are we going to avoid that? What do we do in the wilderness of sin? First step is letting go of this world. I believe it'd be a good idea tonight, and I'm closing. I believe it'd be a good idea tonight if everybody in here piled on these altars and said, Lord, there's some things that I think about, some things I miss, there's some things I still desire. There's some things, Lord, that I consider going back to. And tonight, Lord, I really, I really want you to help me. I want you to forgive me, first of all, for failing, but help me, Lord, give me strength and faith to let go of the cares of this world. From the youngest to the oldest, how many of y'all would agree we all yeah. have that issue? Yeah. We all have that temptation. Right. And it will lead us all to the same destination. Right. Destruction and death and bondage and slavery and captivity to sin and its world. Let's all stand. Father, we love you. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd bless this invitation. I pray, dear God, Lord, that you'd have your will and way. Pray, God, that you would speak to hearts as only you can. Lord, I can't, I can't speak to hearts, but you, through the preaching of your word, you're more than able. And I pray tonight, God, if you spoke to somebody, Lord, they would come to these altars and make things right with you. Lord, if there's one here lost, I pray that you'd save them. If there's one here, Lord, that's uh, God, that's, that's still uh, mindful of this world and, and their, their affection is on Egypt and things of this world. I pray, God, that they would come tonight and get their mind and their spirit and their, their, their hearts renewed, refreshed. And, Lord, they'd repent. And, God, they'd get a fresh glimpse of you in Calvary and uh, the blessed Word of God. Lord, please do something in the hearts of your people. And I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed.